Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for July 26, 2020. In the early morning hours on this day in 1903, two men and a dog named Bud arrived in Manhattan, New York, concluding their epic transcontinental drive, the first automotive coast-to-coast drive in American history. In the early afternoon of May 23, 1903, Horatio Nelson Jackson and Sewell Crocker slid into the front seat of a gleaming cherry-red Winton touring car and chugged down San Francisco's Market Street amid a sea of horse-drawn carriages. The sleeping bags, cooking gear, and supplies packed inside the automobile testified to a long journey ahead, but the road trip on which the men were embarking was truly epic an unprecedented cross-country drive to New York City. And it all started with a $50 wager. Just four days before, a bar debate about the newfangled horseless carriages ignited inside San Francisco's exclusive University Club. While most of the members dismissed the automobile as a passing novelty, too unreliable to survive a trip across America, Jackson disagreed. Then, in a scene straight out of Jules Verne's Around the World in 80 Days, someone bet Jackson $50 that he couldn't make it to New York City by car in less than 90 days. The real-life Phileas Fogg, a 31-year-old automobile enthusiast from Burlington, Vermont, who had given up his medical practice after a bout of tuberculosis, heartily accepted. Jackson recruited Crocker, a 22-year-old former bicycle racer and a gasoline engine mechanic, to be his co-pilot. Based on Crocker's recommendation, the former physician purchased a used 20-horsepower Winton touring car for the treacherous journey. Jackson named his new wheels the Vermont. Previous cross-country automobile trips had all ended in failure, and Jackson's hastily arranged drive was likely to suffer a similar fate. Jackson had little driving experience and less mechanical knowledge, but at least he had his wife's inherited fortune to fuel his impulsive voyage. Still, American roads were extremely primitive. Fewer than 150 miles nationwide were even paved. There were no road signs, road numbers, or gas stations, and automobiles were extremely prone to breakdowns. The Vermont was no different. Just 15 miles outside of San Francisco, a rear tire blew, and the duo replaced it with their only spare. It wouldn't be their last pit stop. In the Sierra Nevadas, the Winton waded through streams and weaved along narrow mountain roads never before traversed by automobile. Jackson and Crocker were forced to move boulders by hand. The rocky roads rattled the men like bobblehead dolls and continually set Jackson's personal effects, his coats, his fountain pens, and even his spectacles overboard. Wrong turns and breakdowns such as a broken clutch and a clogged oil line slowed their progress even further. Although Jackson and Crocker were aboard a machine that would help shape the 20th century, they were essentially still stuck in the 19th. They relied on stagecoaches to bring new parts and on blacksmiths to make repairs. 
After they found themselves stranded for eight hours in the Oregon desert, a cowpoke lassoed the disabled Winton and had his horse give it a tow. An equine version of AAA roadside assistance. Throughout their long, arduous journey, Lady Luck was not on their side. After a leak left their gas tank nearly empty, Crocker set off on a 26-mile bicycle ride to the nearest town. A bike tire punctured, however, and forced Crocker to walk most of the way back with the fuel. It took 19 days for the duo to reach Idaho, where they picked up a traveling companion, a bull terrier named Bud, whom Jackson purchased for $15. Jackson and Crocker fitted Bud with motoring goggles to protect his eyes from dust, and throughout the journey, the canine proudly wore them from his front seat perch. Jackson hoped their new mascot might be a good luck charm. He wasn't. Bad directions and Nampa set them on a 76-mile detour. A team of horses had to extricate the Vermont from a quagmire that had swallowed it up to the floorboards. And Bud got sick drinking alkaline water. When the men went 36 hours without eating after getting lost in the Wyoming Badlands, Jackson joked that they were stealing speculative glances at Bud as we tightened our belts. As they pulled into Rollins, Wyoming, a connecting rod to the crankshaft snapped. They waited five days for replacement parts to arrive by railroad from the Winton factory in Cleveland, Ohio, before getting back on the road. On July 1st, Jackson wrote to his wife from Cheyenne, Wyoming, Well, the worst of our trip is over. Not quite. Just hours later, history repeated, and the stud bolts on the car's other connecting rod broke, and again, they lost five days waiting for parts. By the time they got back on the road, it was July 7th, and day 46 of the drive, and more than half the country still lay ahead of them. Through it all, Jackson somehow maintained his optimism, perhaps thanks to the tremendous reception he received along the journey. In many towns, curious onlookers crowded around to see an automobile in person for the very first time. By the time Jackson arrived to a cheering throng in Omaha on July 12th, his bar bet was starting to captivate the nation. Finally, the travelers started to make good time, averaging 150 miles a day. On July 17th, they arrived in Chicago and were treated to receptions by city officials and automobile dealers. Three days later, a convoy greeted them outside Cleveland and escorted the Winton triumphantly back to its birthplace. Outside of Buffalo, the road trippers survived a scary accident that tossed them out of the car but caused minimal damage to man, car, and beast. In spite of the fanfare it generated, the epic road trip ended as quietly as it started. The Vermont, its cherry red finish caked with dried mud, crawled down Manhattan's deserted Fifth Avenue at 4.30 a.m. on Sunday, July 26th. The approximately 4,500-mile journey had taken 63 days, 12 hours, and 30 minutes. Incredibly, given all the problems, Jackson had won his wager with nearly a month to spare, although it cost him $8,000 in the process. Jackson, Crocker, and the photogenic Bud became celebrities, pictured in newspapers and praised in Winston advertisements. On July 30th, Jackson, his wife, and Bud headed home in the Vermont. As it crossed the threshold of the Jackson stable, the exhausted Winton exhaled, and perhaps fittingly, 
its drive chain snapped in two. As the saying goes, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Oh well. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.